0: Welcome to The Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is The Weekly Workplace.
1: Welcome to the weekly workplace where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you again today, Missouri Training Institute. Hello, hello. Hello. I loved last week. We acknowledged you may be listening to this at any time of the day. So we just want to thank you, first and foremost, for listening. Yes. Over 8,000 downloads just on Podbean. Yay, that's all great. Right. Wow. So, and we couldn't have done it without you all. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it was a big change for us to start a <laughs> podcast. Yes. You know, let's talk a little bit about this. Last week we focused a lot on on self-change. I wanna move us now into this place of workplace change. And mm. uh, this is a biggie because it does seem like it happens a lot. And so I wonder from your all's perspective, you've been doing this for, for several years now, seeing a lot of changes in organizations. Why do organizations or workplaces need to change?
0: I'm going to suggest that they have to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And when I get asked that question, I keep thinking sometimes that um, if you're not involved with a lot of change, that's when I would be worried um, because organizations do not operate within a vacuum. They operate within a a broader environment. Right. So and there's a lot of things going on in that environment. Right. You've got economic changes to that environment. you got um, uh, human changes in, in that environment. You've political got political change. changes. You've got economic, um, economic you've got uh, regulation, you've got all kinds of things that are happening. And so as an organization, you know, what I keep going back to is that SWOT analysis, right? What are your internal strengths and what are your internal weaknesses? Because those things could change, right? We yeah. get We get new people on board that bring different skills, you know, or maybe we've had all the same skills we've had. In the past, and nothing seems to be moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you got internal strengths and weaknesses that cause you to change in some way. But you also have those external opportunities and threats. Um, you know, what's going on in your marketplace? Is there a new market that you can get into? Is there a new product that's maybe stealing away your customers? You know, what are you going to do? You you got competitors uh, in those kinds of things. And so I guess the thing that I would say is um, if you're not changing, that's probably when you should be worried. But at the same time, um, how can you stay on top of this? You know, how can you stay that? You know, and that's why we do the research. That's why we keep abreast of trends. That's why we do benchmarking is finding out what what are our competitors doing, right? And then, what can we do to change in, in order to um, grow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to gain our market share. Hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, you're talking a, a little bit about that concept of of understanding. You know, the business and what's new and what's modern and what are people doing. And um, I actually just went through a, a training all about artificial intelligence again. And what was so crazy, y'all? This woman taught us how to completely start a business all generated through a business plan created from artificial intelligence, mm. all the way down. Not just creating the business plan. I mean, all the way down to creating 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 the website, to creating the content, to creating the social media, I mean, all of it. The whole business was generated through artificial intelligence. Wow. And it blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. So just talking about the changing, you know, the way that the things are are being generated now is even changing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take you sitting down and figuring it out as a human being anymore. And to me, that's a little scary too. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. And that's why we have a Writers Actors Guild strike right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. They can yeah.
2: write, you know, yeah. that script. Why do we need you? And why why do we need to pay you.
1: Um, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, through all of this and understanding now a little bit about why we need to change. How do we ensure that the change process really garners a positive response as, as leaders? When we're starting to to focus on this change, what can we do to set our people up for success?
0: Well, that's yeah. a big question. Yeah, yeah.
1: I want to say, too, like
2: as you think about moving your people into this part of change and we'll we'll talk. Some some specifics in a moment. But a lot of people will approach this new season of change based upon how the last season went. Mm. And so if that didn't go well, if if that change season didn't go well, you're already behind um, in making this change. And, Mm. and, you know, because people are like, here we go again. Here
0: we go again. They're making us do this again. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And so there's a little bit of that residue from last time we went through a change to this time.
0: Yeah, we we really didn't have to do it last time. You know, they they finally gave up. So if we just put our feet in the mud, you know, oh, I love further. the
2: one like, oh, they've been talking about this for years. Oh, yeah, they'll, uh, never, do it. they'll yeah. never do it. And then when it finally happens, it's like, oh, no, yeah, I yeah. could have been evolving for two years and I
0: wasn't well, I you know, to, to your question, Brianna, I think there's so many things that you kind of have to think about. You know, you have to think about your organizational culture and how does this change going to impact that? Um, um, what are the values, the beliefs of your employees? Um, you know, we went through a major change at a bank and we had um, the oldest employee there, mm-hmm. which I think started in the bank in 1847. Um, but we were going to a Windows based system. And before this, we had a dummy terminal. I mean, it was pretty much a calculator. And we were working with her because I knew that she was going to be the hardest one to get on board with this new system. So I had to work with her personally a lot just to get her OK. And some of her objections. To this change had to do with her parking space. And he's like, Well, we're not going to change your parking space. You can park where you normally do. We're just going to change this computer on your desk, right? And you're going to have to learn a new program, but it's not going to change where you park at. But that was her concern, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, regardless of whether it was true or not, that's what she was dealing with. Yeah. So, like your as, whole world is going to be flipped upside Yeah. Down. And so, having understanding of your employees and um, their needs and, um, um, you know, understanding their strengths, their weaknesses, I think, is a good place to kind of start with this as well, because essentially they're the ones that have to get on board with it.
2: I think, you know, that positive reaction, of course, recognizing, you know, who might be the one that we have to bring along kicking and screaming and who is going to be the one at the front of the line. Like, Absolutely. pick me, you know, yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll 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 change tomorrow, you know, but really thinking about from a seasonal within your organization is now the right time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to the degree that you have that opportunity as a leader is really figuring out when would be the Mm -hmm. best time, because it's not just the physical change that you might be making or the process change, but the emotional
0: change that you're dealing with. And, and, you know, to help with that is I I think leaders need to get their employees involved with the change process, right? You know, the people doing that job are probably the most knowledgeable about it. So if you're going to change their job, you know, get their input, you know, what, what can we do to really tap into their expertise a little bit um, to help us plan how we're going to implement this. You know, employees might not necessarily have a lot to do with what gets changed, right? They might not have a lot of say in that, but I bet they, in most instances, probably have a lot to say in how they go about achieving it. So I would get them focused on that probably a little bit more. Invite them to be the subject matter experts here. Um Because I think by having them do that, they can maybe start to see what they might gain from that particular change. And I think that that's a big part of it is leaders messaging. You know, Mm -hmm. how are you messaging this change so that people really understand the benefit that it can bring them?
1: Yeah, I remember um, when I worked as a deputy juvenile officer, we went through a pretty massive change about a year after I had started there. And uh, for that first year, I've been about six months, I guess I'd been there. uh, When we were on call or a, a child would be taken into custody, then it was up to the discretion of the deputy juvenile officer based off of their the child's past history and how many referrals they'd already had those kinds of things on on what was going to occur Um, whether they were just getting kind of a, a warning you know and and back to their parents or or going out to JJC and Juvenile Justice Center. And um, they made a big change uh, about six months or a year in to where they actually created a form that um, I guess formalized the process a little bit more in the sense that it took the um, decision making out of the hands of the deputy juvenile officers. And it was more based off of the scoring system, previous referrals, all those other things taken into consideration. And what was really great about that process. Now, of course, I was new so I didn't I didn't know the old way very much. No, I really wasn't. Um, But what I did appreciate that they did is they actually brought us all together in this meeting. Um, All 13th Circuit came together and we sat down as a team and we talked about like how will this impact our on calls? What are the benefits? What are the consequences of it? You know, why are we doing this? It's not because we don't trust your all judgment in this space. We really want to be able to, uh, you know, make it more feasible for our judges to determine did we make the right calls? We don't ever want anyone to be in trouble. I mean, they, they went through all of this with us and it really created a sense of security, number one, and in, in that you are willing to listen to our concerns related to it. But um, number two, and like we walked out the door really recognizing this is a benefit to us.
2: Well, I think that's important. I think that also garners that positive response when people feel like they're actually benefiting yeah. from this change. Yeah, You know, whether it's reduced stress, reduced yeah. time at work. I mean, right. increased money, um, you know, those types of things. So walking out feeling like, first of all, I was listened to. um, But, you know, second of all, this standardized the process and took a little bit of that stress and and responsibility. Mm -hmm. So that personal gain.
0: Personal gain. And I will go far as to say this, too. That personal gain might not, you know, I've been through changes where it changed my job, but I really didn't receive a lot of personal gain from that. But my customer did. Mm. And so if I can really understand that, I'm probably, and you know, I'm going to be more willing, you know, to, to change because I know that's going to benefit them. Yeah. So, you know. But I think in
2: turn then, it could benefit you because sure. now they're the less relationship is Exactly. They're buying sure. more products. Right. They're, you know, calling in less, complaining less. So I think, I think it sure. does, you sure. know, reflect back. And- sure.
0: But can you make that, you know, are we making that connection though, you know, to yeah. that personal benefit? Because I sometimes think- I don't think that leaders do that such a good job of that.
2: You know, and I think you know, to your point earlier about bringing bringing the people along. I think sometimes leaders hang on to way too much information mm-hmm. and try to package it when it's all perfect and pretty and presentable, and then they think just the announcement of the change means the change has happened. <laughs> and you know, they've been thinking about it for two years, right. and now I'm giving my people two weeks to make the change. Mm-hmm. You know, when they've been you know. They've had time to adjust to the yeah. water yeah. temperature um, for two years, and so I think it, especially in our days with this kind of technology that we have, like don't manage the the information uh, because people are going to fill in the blanks and they're going to make it way worse mm. than it ever is, right? Mm-hmm. Because they want to over prepare in that fight or flight, like you know, something's going to change it. It's going to be horrible. You know, so I think leaders don't bring them into the conversation soon enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, wait till it's perfect. Yeah. It's never going to be perfect. No, no. (laughs)
1: you know thinking through this we talked about a lot of different ones here but to kind of sum up right uh, making sure that you know the change is the right thing for your organization all right do you really believe that like and i think that that's uh, that might even be a bigger question too like do you believe that or is it just something you want to throw at the wall and see if it sticks kind of thing I, i don't know
2: middle managers it's like well they're making us Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So then, they're that's how they pass it down to their and
0: then you know and what a moment of leadership right there yeah. right because what is what's the example that's being set for their employees then when the managers just play that victim role themselves
1: right right, right. it's always
0: the manager right it's, it's always, always the, manager. the manager so but even if that manager doesn't necessarily fully believe in this change how they communicate that to their employees is so critical in yeah whether or not those employees are going to change mm-hmm. yeah we've
1: talked about the Right time for change. Make sure it's the right time. Making sure that uh, we are uh, communicating that personal gain um, that are for our people. Uh, but let me just ask you this. <laughs> why does change fail then? Like if we're, (laughs) if we're able to, to maybe do this and create a more positive response, it does seem like there's, there's still a lot of of change fails. So why?
0: Oh, the reasons are just so vast. I would think Um, sometimes it might be that we're um, maybe have chosen the wrong innovation, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the wrong change initiative. Maybe it could be that we don't have the resources to fully support this change. It could be like Ray said that, you know, leaders are just announcing it and expecting it to be done. And, You know, they they think that's the same thing. Um, Sometimes I think it's because leaders haven't really painted a very clear picture of what this change looks like, what success with this change really looks like. Um, You know, I think that there's so many, so many reasons.
2: Well, you know, and part of that, I I guess now, you know, thinking about that, wait till it's all all picture perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe that's more about transparency, Mm -hmm. because sometimes I mean, we might know what you know the salesman of the new operating system has told us it should look like and and feel like on the other end but we really don't know mm-hmm. um and i think being certain in that uncertainty is also you know just being transparent because yes change will make us uncomfortable and i think in our workplaces you know well in our personal life but change will make us uncomfortable but that that uncomfortableness does not mean we're incapable mm-hmm. right right and so you know, knowing and we
0: might be in denial about it. Yes,
2: yeah. We're going to be in a lot of
0: things,
1: but incapable is definitely not one of
2: them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I, what I like that you you said there talking about that idea of transparency is I find my leader more credible if they're willing to come to me and say, look, you know, this change is getting ready to occur. But to your point, like, I don't exactly know what this is going to look like yet for us or mean for us, but I will ensure that I'm communicating with you along the way. Like, I don't need you to know everything as soon as you tell me about a change. Just let me know, you know, bring me in a little bit sooner as to your point so that I'm not surprised as soon as it happens. You know, that
2: that takes me back to when as a university we were coming out of, you know, the 2020, um, you know, world thing. And our leader at the time, our vice chancellor, you know, one thing that I I really, you know, at first I was like, what? And then he was so consistent in his messaging mm-hmm. and he spoke to that mm-hmm. was, I don't know what it will look like, but I absolutely guarantee it won't look like what it did. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like that was this that was the reassurance. Mm-hmm. Do not plan to go back like he said that those words mm-hmm. exactly do not mm-hmm. plan to go back. It will not look like it did before this. It will look different. I don't know. But and so I thought, you know, and it that does. start, yeah, and that mm-hmm. started breaking people away. And he was saying that for months mm-hmm. and he was very consistent in that messaging. He never deviated from we will not mm-hmm. go back. It will not be the same.
0: Yeah. And the other thing that I really appreciated about what he did was he he talked a lot about the idea of uh, resilience,
1: Mm -hmm. you know,
0: uh, knowing that all this change is going to affect people personally. It's going to affect them professionally. It's going to affect them in their relationships and all kinds of ways. Um, But he kept going back to that core mission (laughs) and the core values of our organization um, and talked about the resilience of those. And and that I think really, really helped people uh, and sustain their uh, movement forward. Yeah, Yeah. because
2: they could pick up that that mantra. Mm, They could pick up that banner. Yeah, and carry it for themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, that at some point that was transitioning from you know that leader led you know banner to where all of us then were talking in the same exact language, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so it trickled all the way down to our little you know small but mighty team and. Thinking about, okay, so it's not going to look the same. What's it going to look like? You know, and then kind of creating that vision Mm -hmm. um, for ourselves.
1: Well, and I also appreciated that through that change and Dewey, you touched on this, the recognition of the whole person. You know, so we may be dealing with change in this particular facet of our life, right? The workplace change, but uh, really taking time to understand how this could affect the bigger picture and the person as, as a whole.
0: Because um, it was tough. I mean, yeah. there, was, there you know, people lost their jobs. Yeah. Um, there were some things that had to be done mm-hmm. that nobody really wanted to do, but they had to be done. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it can be very, very tough.
1: And there's a lot of ways. I mean, to that point, and this will kind of transition us into this last piece here but thinking for this episode but uh, thinking through you know some of those simple ways to avoid those kinds of failures and I think to to the point we've been talking about here and our previous vice chancellor and in the COVID communication but um I mean, making sure that your message is clear, consistent, transparent, explaining the why. Like, you know, why are we doing this? Why do I not know? You know, obviously, I, I'm not a mind reader either. Just really being honest. In that approach,
0: and I'll say this about that about that tip too: you got to do it over and yes. over and over and over again. Just because you said it today doesn't mean that people right. are going to remember it tomorrow. Right. right. So you got to be very consistent and repeat those messages over and over. Yeah, and
1: over.
2: ad nauseum. Uh-huh. Like I always, I always tell leaders that I'm working with. You know, if your people aren't rolling their eyes when you say that, you haven't said it enough. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's a good way of putting. It. You know.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Something
0: else I think that it can be very, very helpful is um, to identify the rays that you have. Um, oh. Ray, <laughs> I
1: was like the rays. you <laughs> there? A speech yeah. issue there? <laughs> because
0: Ray, it, Ray is one of those early adopters, yeah. right? She's one of those folks that like to jump on things very, very quickly. And I want to know who those things. Who are those people in my team? Who are those people in my organization? And what can I do to tap into their networks? Because if you know if they're being consistent with the message, too, with all the people around them, think about how more exponentially you can get the whole organization on board with change. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think understanding who are those people that advocate for this change and making sure that, you know, they've got the messages that they need to communicate to to their networks.
2: Mm -hmm. And, you know, they appreciate it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I appreciate being stuck out there and go, she'll do it, you know, go. And because I'm like, pick me, pick me. Yes. So, so
0: so so we um, we're going through a big um, uh, technology change extension. I remember, extension, oh, I remember right? you telling me this. And yeah, we were at a, a conference, uh, our ridiculous. annual conference, <laughs> and they were talking about this. And they made an announcement that if any of our any of the work units wanted to be the first to go through these technological changes, just to come see them. Well, Ray immediately gets <laughs> up and said, long. "Volunteers, Mti, you know." Uh-huh. But I'm so glad she did, you know, because we were uh, I think that brought a lot of great um, visual to MTI. I think that brought a lot of great imagery to MTI that we are we want to be out there on the front. Uh, Mm -hmm. Line of this we're not afraid to do it um and so i thank you for doing that but you know i
2: remember coming back (laughs) yeah um yeah i do too she goes
0: dewey i i just want to tell you what i did (laughs) (laughs) i volunteered us for this it's like oh okay
2: (laughs) yeah sure i was like i gotta think on that like i was just like yeah but i I can think so many times in my life where i've done that yeah you know yeah um yeah.
0: But as a leader, I want to know who those people are. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Work, I think identifying Work through them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Work through them.
1: hmm Yeah. Allow them, allow them to advocate for you, right? Those brand ambassadors, I guess, yes. if you will.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I- I, I, another strategy, yeah. if I could add this, this, you know, just simple ways to kind of avoid, you know, change failure is to do a lot of listening, a lot of listening sessions. As the leader, I can't, I can't offer you additional information or I can't um, offer you a, a different perspective if I don't know what yours is. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I want to know why people are not necessarily jumping on board. What are, why are they resisting this, you know, and Try to open up those lines of communication and mine for that information. Surface all that tough stuff of why people aren't going to uh, change, so that we because I can't do anything about it unless I know. Right? Yeah, um, and so I want to do a lot of that listening. Uh, Listen, I call listening tours mm-hmm. um, and understanding how people are feeling, um, how it's impacting them. I want to do a lot of that.
1: Yeah, and don't rush those. Like I, I what I love, and going back to one of our, our uh, previous vice chancellors. I mean, I wasn't here when he did this, but I've heard nothing but positive things from this approach. I mean, two years to visit every single county in the state of Missouri. And there's like, what, 118, I 114. think, 114.
0: OK. Plus the city of St. Louis. Uh, that's a county.
1: Yeah. and I, I mean, that took a lot of time. But, you know, in order to have those opportunities for input and to understand what are some of those challenges or needs or, you know, I, I mean, to build the connection and to create maybe even more advocates than what you even knew were possible. Mm-hmm. Take your time. You know, slow down to speed up. I guess yeah. is the best way to put yeah. that.
2: And you know, thinking about this listening tour, it's not always about fixing. Because no. pe- people don't necessarily feel like I'm telling you things so you'll fix them. I, I really believe adults don't do that. However, the just the fact that they're being heard, mm-hmm. you know, is that their
0: concerns are being taken seriously. Yeah,
2: you are are important enough for me to stop what I'm doing or to come to your county or whatever it is and just hear you out. You are valuable. Your your thoughts, your ideas are valuable. Maybe there's no fixing. There's no changing. There's but you are worth listening to mm-hmm. because I employ you. Right? Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I value what you think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then that, oh man, that just speaks, that speaks to my heart. That speaks to my heart. So, <laughs> uh, so any other thoughts in that space when we're talking about other ways to avoid failure or even, uh, things that have worked for you as leaders well, <laughs> along
0: the years? Um, <laughs> I've seen, I think understanding, you know, first of all, how people either grieve or go through the change process isn't kind of important because I've seen things happen where like org leaders will get their team together and kind of focus on team building right off the bat because they think Ooh. if the team is is ready, if, if, if everybody's working so well together, then this is gonna be so much easier to implement this change. But the problem is, is that when change happens, um, people start to withdraw from the team, you know, they, they kind of are more protective of themselves. Mm-hmm. They're not quite ready to really start working together. So I think team building can be helpful, but it's kind of on the latter stages of change. It's not right that when people are denying it or resisting that change, that's not the time to be working on team building. That's the time to be listening. Or training. Or training. How
2: many times do people uh, jump right into training and they don't even know why? Yeah and haven't been heard. And that and needs to so, be
0: just in time.
2: Yeah, because then the training is is prolonged because their emotions are overriding their sense of logic and structure <laughs> and you know their ability. To gain cognitive, you know, mm-hmm. understanding because they're so hi- hyped up in their mm-hmm. So training, along with t- that's like third,
0: right, right, you know, right out
2: right. of four, <laughs> uh, you know, on that list.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, um, and I would say one of the final thing for me is better have a plan. Yeah. You know, a- a- as a leader, do you have a plan about how this is going to go down? Yeah. And what's your business case? Yeah.
1: Well, as we continue on in this series, so today we focused a lot on the preparation for workplace change a little bit. Next week, we're actually going to keep this conversation rolling. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about the change and transition process itself, Uh, go through a few different cycles when we talk about the transition process. And so, again, great information for our leaders, but we'd love to hear from you. So if you have certain situations uh, that you've gone through or questions uh, that we can answer related to this topic or any others, email us at mti at missouri.edu. And I want to throw a quick plug in here at the end, uh, because I am kind of curious, Ray, as I think about this, when I consider maybe having some assistance walking through that, could that be a good coaching opportunity Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, Ray is available for coaching opportunities. Uh, Openings. Yes. And so, if you're getting ready, maybe as a leader and you're preparing for this big change, um, contact Ray. And uh, she'd be happy to kind of work through some of that with you, too. So, uh, until next week's episode. Go be great.
0: Thanks for listening to The Weekly work